Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, JJ Bunny spoke on making the most of this mist of a life that we have been given. If you've ever thought about what it means to make the most of your days, follow along with this message. Time is really interesting, right? Time is this thing that we are constricted by. It is a resource to us, but it is also something that constricts us. We are stuck in time. We cannot exist outside of time. Many people have tried to figure out a way to time travel, but time passes and there's no going back. That's the basic principle of time. God has actually designed time in the way he's designed our universe. And the way you guys all know this, you guys have learned this in a science class before, but the earth turns at a certain speed, and once the earth does a full rotation, we know that is 24 hours. When it does a full revelation of the sun, we know that's 365 days. That's what we call a year. And so time passes whether we like it or not. We have 24 hours in a day, 60 minutes in an hour, and 60 seconds in a minute. And that's all the time we get every day. It constricts us, but yet God isn't constricted by this time. God actually like exists outside of this time, which is a really interesting concept that we don't have time to go into, and it's really hard to explain. But God actually isn't constricted by this time, but for some reason or another, he chose to place us in this system of time. And since we know that there's a purpose to everything God does, there must be some kind of purpose for this. But time is something that we use every day, right? How many of you guys, what, like, what do you guys like to do with your time? James. Fortnite. Yes, Fortnite. Yeah. Football. Fortnite. Football. Yeah. What? Drawing artist, I love it. I love it. Got to get the cover of the arts. We had a musician in first service. Yeah, Edwin. Gaming, I love it. Book writing. Wow, you are a genius. I I hope to be able to write a book one day. Anybody on this side of the room? Yes. Poetry, I love it. So profound. Yes. Sleeping. <laughs> Amen. Somebody in first service said eating, and I was like, Hallelujah. Okay, so we all like to do different things with our time, but all of us know very well that we have certain things we have to do with our time, right? We have school, we have assignments. If Once you get a little bit older, you'll have a job, you have things you have to go to, meetings you have to attend. Um, there's just all kinds of stuff that we have to do. And when we have to do these things and we have to get a certain amount of things done in one day, we have to do this thing called time management. Everybody say time management. Time management. So that's what we got to do every day, right? We got to learn how to manage our time because we know there's only a limited amount of it. So if there's only a certain amount of it every day and I have to get all these things done, I got to figure out how I can get all these things done in that amount of time. How many of you guys would say you're good at time management? Raise your hand. Okay, more than first service, but also more people in here than first service. How many of you guys would say you're absolutely awful at time management? Wow, that is way more than first service for sure. Okay, so this is probably a pretty related question. Um, but like, whether or not you would consider yourself good at time management, how many of you guys find yourselves wasting time? Yeah. 
all of us. We waste time all the time. Time. Um, so we all waste time a lot. Now, whether or not you're good at time management, we all get to this place where we feel like we are not being as purposeful with our time as we need to be. And a lot of the times, we have these moments where we like snap out of it because something is revealed to us and we snap out of it and we're like, oh man, we better use our time well because time is running out. How many of you guys have ever felt like that? Yes? Maybe? Probably on a small scale. So I'll give you guys a few examples. How many of you guys would consider yourselves a procrastinator? <laughs> wow, I didn't even finish the question. <laughs> she shot her hand up. She was like, ah, you procrastinate. Okay, so procrastination. Yes, big one. I definitely have a tendency to procrastinate. I'm trying to be better about it. I'm a week ahead on school right now. I'm feeling great. But I'm going to try to keep it that way. I don't know if it's going to keep up. But with procrastination, we see this really interesting principle. Because as time progresses, we know we have this deadline, right? Let's say January 23rd. You have an essay due, okay? It's currently January 15th. When are you doing that essay? The 23rd. <laughs> the morning of the, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and do it before school. That, like, and we, as the deadline approaches, we are thinking about it, and we waste time, and we waste time, and we waste time, and we waste time, until it's the deadline. The deadline's tomorrow, and we're like, Oh, baby, we better clutch this up, right? Like, I better write the best essay I have ever wrote in two hours because the deadline's tomorrow. And so I think this brings up a really interesting concept about time is that time, although a very valuable resource that we have a very limited amount of, is very easily wasted until the situation is urgent. It's very easily wasted until the situation is urgent. And we see this in all kinds of contexts. It's not just procrastination or school or whatever it might be. Maybe for you, you hate school. If you're anything like me, not a big fan of working that old eight to three at school. Um, but you don't, you don't like it, You've ever had a, or maybe you've just had a really hard week. And you get to the end, you get to the weekend, and you're like, man, thank the Lord, it's the weekend. And you go home, and between Friday, uh, between the time you get out of school Friday and Sunday morning, you've played 16 hours of video games and gotten eight hours of sleep. And you get to Sunday, and you're like, uh, school's tomorrow. I don't have much time. How can I be rested? How can I enjoy my weekend because I've wasted it away? How can I use Sunday well? Or maybe for you, it's you just found out one of your friends is moving. And you just, you heard this, they're moving at the end of the school year, and it's second semester, and you realize you only have until the end of the school year to really hang out with that person. It changes the way you use your time. Or maybe it's something even more serious than that. Maybe your parents just told you they're getting a divorce. And you know your family won't be united much longer. And so you're trying to savor every moment you have with them. Or maybe one of the most familiar examples of this is death. 
Maybe one, somebody you love, somebody very close to you has received a diagnosis that makes li- surviving very unlikely. And you're trying to spend every moment you can with that person because you don't know how much longer they'll be around. This is real. This is what we live through. It changes the way we live and use our time when we know time is running out. But the truth is, time has been running out since the minute we were born. It always has been. Since the minute we were born, there's been a countdown until the day we die. It's a little morbid, but it's the truth. All of our days are numbered on this earth. Only God knows the number. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So if we're living in that way, if we have that mindset... And in all these other situations, it changes the way we use our time when we know that time is running out. If we know time is running out, if we know we only have a limited amount on this earth, how is that supposed to change the way we live? If God has placed us in this system of time for a reason, what should that change about the way we're living now? I think James has a few things to say about that. So open up to James 4, 13 through 17. That's where we'll be today. James 4, 13 through 17. Everybody there? All right, let's begin. It's titled, Boasting About Tomorrow. I don't know if you guys have that heading, but I think that's important. Verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So James right here is kind of continuing his thought from what we were just talking about last week, this pride and humility discussion. And he's already established that these people are prideful. I mean, if you go read the passage right before this, he's kind of laying into them a little bit. Being like, you guys are prideful. You guys need to be humble. But James is like, oh, I ain't done. You want to know how you're prideful? You want to know how I know you're prideful? Because the way you spend your time, because the way you talk about tomorrow, as if you just know what's going to happen, as if you just know what tomorrow holds. But how, what does that even mean? Like, how, what does it even mean to be prideful about your time? Because that, that doesn't really make sense. Prideful is usually something where you're like being cocky. You know, like if someone's on the basketball court and they're like good, but then they're like just really annoying about being good and you're like, Dude, we get it, all right? Like, you're good, okay? Well, you don't need to rub it in our face. That's typically, like, what prideful means, right? Somebody who thinks they're all that, somebody who thinks they got it figured out. How does that relate to our time? Well, let's look. Remember in verse 13, he says, he's talking about people who talk about tomorrow like they got it all figured out. Let's look at what verse 14 says. It says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? 
For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. It's verse 14. So in verse 14, James is like, you're all going to die. That's what he says. Okay? That's all the verse says. Actually, no. It says, it's, he's talking about like the nature of our lives. Our lives are short. That's what he's saying. It may feel long sometimes, but you ain't got much time. And yet you talk about tomorrow as if you know what's going to happen. We do this, right? Some of us are probably more guilty of this than others. But some of us are really like a tight-fisted person when it comes to tomorrow's plan. If I made a plan, it better happen this way. Imagine I'm holding a rope. Imagine I'm holding a rope and it's draping over my hand. If I'm holding it super tight and someone pulls one end of it, it's not going to be able to move. But what James is suggesting is an alternative to that. That we shouldn't talk about tomorrow like we exactly know what's happening and nobody's going to be able to change what's happening. That's not the point. Let's look in verse 15. James gives us an alternative. He says, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. If the Lord wills. So, is James saying that he doesn't want us to have a plan? He doesn't want us to plan. No. That would be unwise, right? If you were like, yo, I got an essay due tomorrow, you know, if the Lord wills, I'll get it done. No, that's not what James is saying. That's just unwise at that point. But what James is saying is, do not be so sure of what tomorrow brings. If you're holding your plan for tomorrow like this, you will never be ready for what the Lord wills for you. He's saying that he wants us to have more of an open hand approach. If I had that rope in my hand and someone pulled on it, it would kind of slip out. And I'd still be holding it, but I, I would just be in a different place on the rope. A little bit of change, but I can still kind of roll with the punches. If I'm holding it so tight-fisted, there's nothing that can change about the day. There's no open-handedness. Jesus is a great example of how to be open Handed and open-minded with what the day holds. When we look at Jesus' life, he was constantly interruptible. That's become one of my favorite words lately. Interruptible. Because nobody uses it. That's not something that you'd like to say. But Jesus was interruptible. One time he was going to heal one of his best friends. And instead of going immediately, his friend was like very sick. Instead of going immediately, he waited a few days where he was and went. And by the time he got there, Lazarus had been dead for a couple days. And they were like, why did you wait? But he thought it was God's will for him to stay in the place that he was at the moment. He didn't feel like he needed to leave immediately. There was also a time where he was like going to heal this man's daughter. And he's like walking through a crowd and someone touches his cloak. And he's like, someone touched me. And the disciples are like, what are you talking about, bro? Like we're in a crowd of people. 
you got touched by like 60 people in the past five seconds. And he's like, no, like I felt power go out of me. And a woman had touched him to try to be healed. And he stopped and he looked her in the eyes and he talked to her when this man was like, what are we doing, bro? Like, let's keep going. My daughter's about to die. Jesus was so interruptible and it did not make sense most of the time. But he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit and so in tune with what God wanted, with what God's will was, that he was able to stop and constantly hold it with an open hand. Hold the day with an open hand, knowing that if he didn't, he would miss opportunities. Let's continue in verse 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. I think the basic principle that James is saying about how we should use our time, and it's very loose. It's not like this three-step program to use your time better. No, it's not a Google calendar. It's not a, hey, make time, intentional time for God throughout the day. That's important. But James's takeaway that he wants us to have is just like, just this, God's will first. That's it. It's loose. It's vague. It's like, a, how do I do that? But that's what James is saying. Just like, God's will first. Have open hands. Don't hold your day so tightly. Be ready for what happens. Because God's will comes first. It comes before our own. And you probably... Probably the first question you're asking is like, okay, well, JJ, <laughs> cool story, bro, but how am I supposed to use God's will in my life and in the way I use my time if I have no idea what God's will is for me? What is God's will for me? And to that I would say I think we have some clear answers in the Bible. I think that's what the scriptures are for. It gives us a look at what God's will is for our lives, the redemption, the salvation, the sanctification, but also, like, we're given commandments in Scripture. Scripture helps us in that way. It's like, hey, like, these are probably some things you should do. There's truth that we can build our lives and apply to our lives from the Scriptures, and that's a very general idea of what God's will is. But I think what's even harder than that is discovering what God's specific will is for you. What specifically does God want me to do in the day-to-day? -day? And I think that's, that's part of the sanctification process. I think that's part of growing closer to Jesus. We pray and we try to listen to God. That's important as well. We can't just talk to God. We need to listen to him. And we do this and we try to discern what he has for us, which is basically just a big word to, that means like to decipher what God is saying. Not that he gives it in code, but that sometimes it's just 
We're just so blinded to his voice. And so I think our specific purpose, like, if you come up and ask me after the, uh, after the message, I cannot tell you what your purpose is. I can't. It's not written anywhere. It's not on Google. It's something you got to look, it's something you got to, it's between you and God. You got to figure it out between you and God. But you pray, you live the day with open hands, and you try to listen to what he has for you. And last thing, our goal in this is not perfection. It is priority. Priority, not perfection. And what I mean by that is, this is not something that you should expect to do perfectly ever. I think the most in tune with the Holy Spirit, God-loving, godly people on the planet are always going to struggle with this. Because in the world we live in, it's really, really hard to live life with an open hand. It's really, really hard to not get caught up in the, the schedule and the time management and the, all that, which all that is good. But we must learn to live with an open hand. But we shouldn't expect to do it perfectly. Only one man ever did. And we have his example, and we can look at that. But what it's more about is looking at your life and saying, Does, am I reflecting God's will through my actions? Through the way I use my time, am I reflecting God's will? Am I trying my best, my absolute hardest, to be in tune with the Spirit and have open hands for what the day holds, knowing that that will give me the opportunity to tune in to what God has for me? What is my priority? Is it my will or is it God's will? Because after all, we only have a limited amount of time. Our time on earth is limited. So we ought to use it for what God has intended. That ought to change the way we live. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you have done. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for guiding us. And thank you, Lord, for giving everything in this life such purpose. I pray as we go into our weeks and our lives that we just reflect you in the way we use our time. I pray that we try to be in, your, in tune with your will and try to hold the day with an open hand, even though I know it is so hard. But Lord, would you remind us that there is grace and it is far more about our intentions and what we're trying to do than us being perfect all the time. Lord, be with us as we go and guide our small group conversations. In your name we pray. Amen.